Boom blast. This is week 12 of I'll Name This Football Pod later on the On Blast Podcast Network. As always, available on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and on YouTube. Tell your friends. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and as always, week to week, I'm joined by my dude, Mr. Matt Russell, sports betting professional and host of the Window Sports Betting Podcast. Mr. Russell, it's Wednesday right now that we're doing this. Yeah. There's three games on Thursday. We're giving thanks for football this week, are we? Or are we a little tired and groggy because it's Wednesday morning at 9 a.m.? It does feel a little week 11-y still. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, But I'm excited, man. This is the day. This Thanksgiving day is always the day. And you know this. You know, you've known me for a while. Uh, I take it off of work. I call in sick from school, right back from when you were a kid. Just, oh, mm, cough. It's, It's a little bit too much. Gotta, yeah. gotta maybe shut this one down for the day. Oh, it, oh, there's football on today. I had no idea, Mom. Um, that works <laughs> out well then for, for, for my tickle in the throat. <clears throat> and so you might want to be a little bit easier on that nowadays, right? You don't want to start, you know, you don't, you don't want to get labeled. You don't have to ha- have, a, have a quarantine hit you if you call in sick. Uh, sure. So let's make sure it's something, um, you know, non-symptomatic in this case. But yeah, man, I'm fired up, man. Thanksgiving, it's the best. Fired up and ready to go for week 12. And after week 11, I'll say my record six and eight, bringing me to an even 78, 78 and five. Just fitting for how this season goes. And last week was a weird week because I say I keep trying to avoid the blow up. And I feel like last week was the blow up week for a lot of people. So being six and eight, I'm not horribly upset because there's still so many weird things that happen that, hey, It's football. So we just try to move on, and we're here to begin week 12 with some thanksgiving goodness. Well, I don't know if it's goodness, but we'll get to the games. Yeah, we'll see about that. We start with the four and six Lions hosting the three and seven Texans. I don't know how good that will be, but I'll be there and watching, and I'll be rooting for Deshaun Watson and the Texans, who are three-point favorites in Detroit. And last week he reminded everyone just how good he's been is and can be and i know it was the pats but deshaun did his thing and they got their third win of the season their first win against someone other than the jags and they kick off the thanksgiving against the lions who are dealing with injuries and got shut out by the panthers and their backup qb shouts the xfl by the way but i can't believe i'm saying this i'm on the texans what what are your what's your thoughts here to kick off thanksgiving yeah so so a couple things before we get into the games. Number one, you're six, eight, and one. I think six, eight, and one. Correct? Six, six, and eight. Six, uh, and eight last week. If there's ever such thing as a good six and eight, it was definitely last week. So if you're sitting there watching the show and going like, "Ah, man, I got absolutely smoked last week." Guess what? Just about everybody did. Now I say that a little bit of a not so humble brag here. We ended up. Oh going no, no, no! F- hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. For the record, the six and eight. The six I got correct, we were really correct. And by we, I mean you, right? (laughs) Because let's be frank here for a second here. When you're putting out best bets, there's it's a mm-hmm. different game that we're playing. Different game. I'm mm-hmm. the clown that's here trying to get every single game right and not right. weighing the picks at all. So when the six I get right, I get to say, hey, we were really right on a bunch of things. But you were really, really right with, if I'm not mistaken, a four and one record last week. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's, and you know, it's less about the four and one record. It's more about uh, in the contest, Circa Million mm-hmm. or, or the Super Contest in Las Vegas, right? The big money contests in yeah. Vegas where you have to pick five games against the spread. The consensus last week, right? The five most popular picks yeah. against the spread last week went 0 and 5. So if you did better than zero and something, you did pretty well last week. We made a huge jump in the contest. We hopped up from about 456th out of 3,600 up into 105th, right? We made a 350-place jump in a contest that pays out the top 50 people again 3600 people in this contest and we're sitting right there and that just goes to show sort of what of a rough week that was for people even people who are willing to spend a thousand dollars on a contest entry so these people in theory know what they're talking about yeah no, I hear you. I hear you. But what are we talking about when we look at the yeah. Texans here to kick right. off Thanksgiving? Because I don't know how the circus, the circa contest works in terms sure. of Thanksgiving games. But right. and I don't know which one of these games you're feeling yeah. very confident about. Right. But I have zero confidence in the Detroit Lions in any way, shape, or form after they got shut out last week. I like the Texans minus three. Am I like way off here? No, no. And, and thank you for getting me back on track. Um, hey, the point is where eventually I was going to, you know, find myself getting back to is I have to admit right up front for these Thanksgiving games, mm-hmm. I'm kind of a write-off when it comes yeah. to handicapping these games. And I'll tell you why, right? I mentioned the Circa Million Contest and you're right. If you select any of these games, I'm not sure why you would want to. You do have to select your games for the rest of the week, which means you're committing oh. to Sunday games oh. on Wednesday, which is a no-go for me. So it essentially yeah. just becomes all about Circus Survivor, which as we've talked about, the fun wrinkle in the Circus Survivor contest, Derek Stevens, the owner over there, is a huge Survivor guy. Like, that's his thing. And he yeah. owns a place and he's like, we're making a Survivor contest because I love it, but we're going to add Thanksgiving as its own week. So everybody's into the pool and listen it's quite a nice pool over at circa but everybody's into the pool here having to make a pick in one of these three games and like if anybody who's listening to this probably knows the schedule by now it's kind of rough so that's all <laughs> anybody's talking about when it comes to this thanksgiving so you know it looks like and you know a little plug for the window podcast comes out later today on wednesday where we're in we'll we'll announce um with my guest dave tooley from the vegas stats and information network We'll announce what our pick is. Now, if it were just up to me, I would say it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's the biggest spread on the board. You know, there's a ton of other reasons beyond that. But the point is, is if we're taking Pittsburgh, I'm really just cheering for the underdogs in the, in the other two games because people are going to be on the Texans, like you said. Because why would you ever use the Texans in Survivor if not for this time? And a lot of people have already used Pittsburgh. Of course, they've had a ton of big spreads, obviously undefeated. And so there's not that many people left with the Pittsburgh still to use. So their choices right now are kind of like between Dallas and Houston. So listen, I agree with you. I can't even imagine putting a bet in on Detroit at this point. The look ahead line did have them favored by a little bit, but of course the injuries have piled up. Frankly, they've probably quit on their coach. The one thing that I'll say is, and I do this crazy thing, and in some cases this is, you know, so far out of the box. I watch all the games. 
And when you look back at that Detroit Lions game against yeah. Carolina, there was a play. And I'm a big, you know, knife or fork in the road uh, type guy, right? Where it's like second quarter, there could be a critical play that changes the game entirely. And in this case, it was the third quarter. Detroit and Carolina and Matthew Stafford hits Marvin Jones Jr. for a touchdown, like 60 yard bomb, beautiful play, right? Flag on the play. And it wasn't holding or something that like distinctly, you know, changes what happened on the play. It was one of the worst penalties that you can have, in my opinion, illegal formation. Because an illegal formation penalty, like one, almost never has anything to do with the play. The defense doesn't even realize you're in an illegal formation because oftentimes, and in this case, it's because one guy was one step closer to the line of scrimmage than he should have been. In this case, it was, it was Jones. Um, so the flag, you know, the 60-yard the touchdown gets called back. Instead of it being 14 to 7, right, it's, it's still 14 to nothing. They obviously go backwards. A sack then happens, and they have to punt the ball. So you do wonder against that Carolina team, like, what the difference would have been if that game's 14 to 7, right, versus 14 mm-hmm. nothing and having to punt the ball. So when you look at the scoreboard and you look at the box score, in this case, the box score is hideous. But if you're throwing another 60-yard touchdown into that mix, it starts to look a little, little bit better for the Lions. Are they going to get a couple of guys back? Yes. Doesn't look like they're going to get our main guy, Kenny Galladay, back this yeah. week. Still some injuries on the defense. So, like, I completely understand everybody's going to be on the Texans. It's moved up from two and a half to three. So that would sort of make me a little queasy there. I think if I had to, I would say Detroit plus three. But part of it is admitting your bias. Right. And in this case, because of the survivor action that's happening, I am completely biased. I desperately want Detroit to win this game. I don't necessarily know how much as in how many people are taking Houston, but I expect it to be a lot. And so when you're going through the season like this as a professional better, when you're in contests and all of this other stuff, especially this deep with a survivor pick. And if people out there know if they had to pick a survivor team on this Thursday, they'd be just completely handcuffed. And they would understand that like, all I want to see is Detroit win this game, but I've seen enough Thursday Thanksgiving games in my day to know that Detroit's probably not going to win this game. And at least maybe Matt Stafford might actually be playing in this rare Thanksgiving game as normally we've been treated to. Yeah, he made We've been it. treated to a bunch of random Detroit QBs in this Thursday uh, Thanksgiving special. David uh, Blau yeah. last year, right? That Jeez. name again is David Blau. Right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm going to plug my nose and take the Texans and move on and continue to plug my nose and take the Dallas Cowboys as three-point favorites as they are three and seven against the three and seven Washington football team. And I will say last week you sniffed out the Texans win. You also sniffed out the Cowboys win against the Vikings. And we're giving thanks for this NFC East clash to entertain us midday on a Thursday. But the last time the Cowboys were against the Washington football team was when your man's Andy Dalton got concussed. The Washington football team. I do. I really have to keep saying Washington football team. Like it just seems the football team. There's something shorter. I got to say here, right? Washington. But anyways, Andy Dalton got concussed. Washington went on to win that game. And now Andy Dalton is back again, plugging my nose. I don't like taking Dallas as three point favorites at all, but they have the playmakers. Andy Dalton, as we talked about when he first got injured, or sorry, when Dak first got injured, Andy Dalton is serviceable. The Cowboys have the playmakers. 
C.D. Lamb, maybe they might have figured something out just trying to get him the ball. And last check, Washington is still quarterbacked by your man's Alex Smith. For that reason, I'm on the Cowboys back-to-back weeks. Am I crazy here? Well, I, I don't think you can be. Like, that's the thing about these games, right? I don't know. Yeah. Like you said, you hold it, hold your nose and take the Texans. It's like, what's the alternative? Also holding your nose and taking <laughs> Detroit? Like holding hey. both nose? Like, I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, here's the thing. One, like, can you believe we're in a world where Alex Smith and Andy Dalton is the matchup on Thanksgiving? Like, you know, we could have we could have made a mint if we had bet right. uh, that that was even going to happen. Um Here's the thing, right? They both come off of, you know, relatively big wins, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's funny, like this NFC East just gets more and more interesting, even if it's a bit of a horror show, right? But these mm-hmm. teams are starting to play a little bit better here, both Washington and Dallas, uh, basically everybody other than the Eagles in the NFC East. And so <laughs> I always comes back to the Eagles. Um, so here's the thing, right? Yes, Dallas, massive win, right? We saw that one coming to a degree. We knew that they were live going into that game. Now it's a switch of roles, right? Now, okay, now we're favored by three points here against a Washington team that has it going a little bit from an offensive standpoint, right? Like Alex Smith is finally getting into a groove. Now, I don't know what the difference would have been if Joe Burrow had stayed healthy in that game, right? Like a two-point game at that point, you know, still could have gone either way. Washington was going to have good field position, even if Burrow was able to walk off the field on that third down where he got hurt the Cowboys defense still not very good right like they're getting the talent back so that they're able to make individual plays and I think listen that's the NFL in its entirety right it's like how good is your defense not from a yards against standpoint but like can you turn the ball over can you make plays on third down and so they were able to make just enough plays to let the Cowboys offense which again is now starting to use the playmakers like you mentioned CD Lamb what a catch and so I think there's going to be offense there but I also think there's going to be offense on the Washington side of the ball so I've already acknowledged okay. that I'm completely biased um if we're not taking Pittsburgh it probably means we're taking Dallas which yeah, is yeah. like oh well, god you. right but if it were again if we're up to me I think I like Washington plus the three points now I like Dallas I think Dallas is better than people give them credit for I just think in this one game they're actually getting that credit in the marketplace from a point spread standpoint right like this was never really going to be three and a half so last week when the line opened up at minus one I was like oh Dallas minus one like I love that bet like let's make that bet right now and of course sure enough all it took was a win against Minnesota to bump that thing up to three so they're getting full credit for how good I mean it's good with some quotation marks involved (laughs) uh, how good I think they're going to be throughout the rest of the way here and I think as sort of an auxiliary thing uh, I might swing by the sports book and make a bet on the Cowboys to win the NFC East. Cause somehow yeah. we've gotten full circle here yeah, yeah, where it yeah. was, they were like 20 something to one. And now all of a sudden they're back in the mix here. And I, you know, listen, I wish I had grabbed them when they were 20 something to one, but I think this is a team that's got some momentum. So I, you know, I'm not averse to you saying, okay, I'm going to take Dallas because I think I would be with you if the line was a little bit better here, but at plus three and listen, this is sort of a traditional spot where Washington comes in and really, ruins the Cowboys Thanksgiving, right? Ghosts of Colt Colt McCoy from a couple of years ago as well. And so again, completely biased. If I had to sort of step away, I think I would like Washington plus three, but I think the over is actually a little bit more interesting if uh, if you're looking to sort of bet something in this game. I gotcha. And in the Thanksgiving nightcap, the 10 and 0 Pittsburgh Steelers, five and a half point favorites against the six and four Ravens. Now, The Ravens are dealing with major COVID issues, and I have to be honest, 
I hate now that this number has gone up to five and a half because I was loving the Steelers at three. I would have been all over them at three points. I probably wouldn't have been alone. I'm assuming that probably would have been the public side. Everyone would have been on the Steelers because the Ravens don't look good. Like everyone's like pushing each other to get off the Ravens and the Lamar Jackson bandwagon at this point. Five and a half points makes me hesitate. It's a lot, a lot of points. But what do you make of this game essentially that could be a kitchen sink game for the Ravens? If they don't win this game, I mean, ugh, things are getting yeah. tough. But what do you yeah. make of this game? It's definitely a kitchen sink game, right? It's a, like, but how much stuff do they have in the kitchen? Like, is it just <laughs> the kitchen sink? Or do they have more stuff that they can throw at the Steelers here, right? And you go back to the first meeting. And a lot of people say, well, and, and I would say that as well, right? We talked about it. Baltimore should have had that game won by halftime. They were the better team on the field for the first half. Now they let Pittsburgh stay in it. And Pittsburgh was every bit as good as Baltimore in the second half. In fact, you know, a little bit better, right? And mm-hmm. so they blew that opportunity to win the game, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be able to repeat that, you know, a month later, right? Like, so the handicap doesn't really work like, okay, they did well in this game. Now it's going to work here, right? Like teams sure. make adjustments. Pittsburgh can make adjustments. By the way, obviously we've talked about this in the past, the Ravens injury issues piling up. And now you start throwing in the COVID stuff, right? And you're right. This is bumped the line from three all the way up to five and a half. And so fundamentally, I would say that's probably an over adjustment, right? Like that's a, there's a ton of value there at five and a half, maybe even come game day, we get six. Yeah. That being said, it's the same theme from the last two games, right? If we are on Pittsburgh here in circus survivor, <laughs> all bets Bias. are off. Literally. I, I will not bet a thing on, on Thursday for the first Let's time, go. maybe in like 20 years, because I will have so <laughs> much emotional and sort of obviously tangential wagers here. Yeah. Uh, you know, into this, right? So like the Pittsburgh thing, it does feel a little bit like we're set up for just a world-class disappointment when Baltimore goes in there and stuns them. And it's Al Michaels and Chris Collins are, you know, Al, like, I can't believe they did it. Like, like they look so bad. This for such is a- the Lamar <laughs> Jackson MVP that we are used this to see. like, Al, like, this is crazy. Like, they against Tennessee, and, and you're just like, yeah, how did we get here, right? Because, again, yeah. this Steelers undefeated thing, like, on the surface, you go, you know what? I'll take an undefeated team, and if we lose because the undefeated team finally lost, like, I can sleep at night, which is why I think Pittsburgh is the pick, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to win outright. But it just does sort of feel like one of those, like you said, kitchen sink, somehow they pull it off, trick plays, who knows. Um, The one thing that I'm sort of, you know, going to be able to sleep at night, uh, tonight going into this game, is that Pittsburgh has just owned Lamar Jackson, right? They, You know, if there was ever a figure him out type of thing here, it's Pittsburgh has done it. And so... You know, not only are we, if you're betting the the Ravens here, not only are you betting them to sort of, you know, get by the fact that their facility has been closed and they're missing a bunch of guys, you know, not necessarily all that critical of guys though, right? Like running backs, like not that important, pretty important to Baltimore admittedly, but you know, in general, not that important. And so you just go, uh, like, I, I just, I think you have to take the points if you have to bet the game. But yeah. again, we don't have to bet the game. So for me, I, you know, it's going to be the Steelers and just hang on for dear life. I fully expect this to be like a three-point game and just losing years off my life. Yeah, I mean, I, I see it in that in that way too. And as I, I lean towards it, sometimes I end up on on the wave that you're on in terms of I'm emotionally picking these games. 
I'm not going to bet money on it, but if I'm picking the game, I'm going to sure. go with my emotions. Yeah. I'm not going to take, I'm just going to full on want to root against the Ravens. So, well, and, and as a member, by the way, of the entry in Circus right? Survivor, you do have quite a stake in this in these but games. This is as what well. I'm saying. Like, I want no parts. I don't want to cheer for Lamar Jackson at all in any situation. So just lose, get blown out, lose by a yeah. touchdown, lose by two touchdowns. Let's go now. If you're listening for my pick advice on Thursdays. <laughs> Well, that's why I'm apologizing, warned. right? Yeah, if you're here to see who I like, I'm like, uh, I don't know, teams. You've been warned. I'll say yeah. that much. I'll say that yeah. much. All right, as we get to Sunday's action, the big boy matchup on Sunday, the 9-1 and one Chiefs as three-and-a-half-point favorites in Tampa Bay. I think on the first episode of this pod, I said something to the effect of Pat Mahomes reminded us why he signed for half a billion dollars in the offseason. Again, that's half a billion with a B. Okay? We forgot as public no. narrative shifted to Josh Allen for MVP. And yes, I will take every chance I get to throw shots at Josh <laughs> Allen. But anyways, huge comeback win for Pat Mahomes and company in Vegas. Now they head to Tampa Bay. And I'll continue to say this. If you get pressure on Brady, you win. Can the Chiefs get pressure on Brady? That is my question to you. Yeah. As I look at this three and a half point spread, I'm on the Chiefs just because Brady, man, I, I don't know what's going on. I, yeah. Yeah. You watch that game on Monday, right? And you go like, how, like Brady's washed. Like I made the comparison. Like I think he's, I think he and Joe Flacco, the only difference <laughs> between he and Joe Flacco is recruiting ability. Right. Like <laughs> at this point, like Tom Brady's Jimbo Fisher. And for those non-college football fans out there, right. He's the coach of used to be the coach of Florida state and Florida the coach state. of Texas A&M. Who's yeah. like this incredible recruiter has all this talent and you know, they're in the mix this year for the national championship because he can bring in good guys. Right. And that's what mm -hmm. Tom Brady did. Right. Joe Flacco doesn't have that flex. Right. He doesn't yeah. have any talent around him and has no say on whether he, you know, he can, he can bring that in. So, we sit there and we watch and he's a statue and he, you know, a lot of check down stuff, right? Like, like we're firing balls here to Leonard Fournette. Like that's the, that's the situation we're at here. When we talk about these, you know, weapons on different teams, again, watch the games because if they're yeah. not going to use those guys on every yeah. single play, what's the point of having them, right? Like and Leonard I'm Fournette in the past game is ludicrous. I just want to say as a Mike Evans fantasy football owner, when you're bombing it to Mike Evans and it's working, like you're passing it to him early in the game sure. and it's working. And then for some reason, in the second half, you're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to try to get Antonio Brown involved and just keep throwing it to Antonio Brown. For what reason? I don't really know, but sure. Let's keep trying to force feed Antonio Brown into this. Godwin's trying, but we know he's wearing a deformed glove because his fingers messed up still, but sure. Sounds like a great idea. You know who's really good? Mike Evans. You know how I know that? Because I've watched Jameis just throw it up to Mike Evans for like right. three years and be a pretty successful offense. Sure. I mean, Evans had his, had his challenges, though, against Jalen salty. Ramsey. I'm being right? salty. Like, he had his challenges. It got really close a couple of times. There was some sketchy pass interference penalties. Like, yeah. I get Like, you know, throw it to Antonio Brown. Throw it all day to Antonio Brown. Just stop throwing it to Leonard Fournette, right? <laughs> 
And so the, the point is, is like he's either throwing little check down passes or he's doing the thing where he's like, I'm dropping back and I'm firing it deep and I don't really care where the safety is. I don't really care what the coverage is. And that's Joe Flacco, right? The pass interference, you know, offense that, that Joe Flacco has been running for a long time. So the point is, is you go, man, I don't want anything to do with this team. Like Brady looks washed, all of that stuff. And maybe it was just past his bedtime. I don't really know. Point is, it's going to be easier for them against the Chiefs from a yeah. defensive standpoint, right? Like sure. it, 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 the Chiefs let Derek Carr walk it up and down the field twice this season, right? And yep. have let other guys, you know, Teddy Bridgewater. Like mm-hmm. if, if Brady just stays within the offense, they're going to be able to move the ball down the field. If he doesn't do the arm punt strategy where he just throws it straight in the air, like they're going to be fine from an offensive standpoint. And, yeah. you know, listen, the Chiefs are great. The billion dollars is great. It's winning them a ton of games. But, like, where are the covers, right? Like, we're still, we're still looking at a team here that's getting a couple more points. Like, that line probably should have been six last week against the Raiders. Like, they still wouldn't have covered it. But that original line of six, six and a half does seem now that we've seen the game seem a little bit more appropriate, right? Like, totally. obviously, extra points that were getting thrown around to Carolina a few weeks ago where it was mm-hmm. double digits. And it was like, that probably should have been less than 10. So, in this case, this line should probably be less than three with Kansas City on the road in a game that they don't really need, right? And so, yes, you have the short week or whatever, but again, it's the short week with Tampa staying at home. So it's not really that much of a short week, if you know what I mean. And yeah. from Kansas City's standpoint, right, like that was a big game for them against the Raiders, right? We talked about mm-hmm. it last week. That was a that was a bust out the good stuff type of a game. This game, not that important, right? Because it's an interconference game here where it's like, okay, yeah. we're playing an NFC team that's not even the best NFC team. Like, you could totally slip up here. You've already won the division with that win last week, and there's, you know, like maybe you're trying to catch Pittsburgh. Of course, you're trying to catch Pittsburgh here, but mm. I just think this is one that the Chiefs could give up here, or at least, you know, it couldn't be another situation where it's a three-point game kind of going yeah. either way, and maybe it lands on them winning by four the same way that it just landed on them winning by four against Vegas, but like that wasn't a four-point win in the same way that like a four-point win could kill us here if we bet Tampa Bay. Uh, I think at three and a half, it's just an automatic bet that you have to make, and it does feel a little bit like you're holding your nose here as well but you know value is value value is value the one weird thing about watching brady last week i think i saw the stat it was like of the 80 whatever plays they ran they had like six motion plays in terms of like right. pre-snap motion and this might be a little too inside football but like you run the motion so that Brady can see if the defense is in zone or man to man. They didn't do that. Hence how many plays you saw my guy just throw it up and the safety's just chilling and getting the ball. But anyways, we'll move on because I don't want to, I don't want to rag on Brady and, and Tampa Bay too much. And, and the, the chiefs thing, I'm just riding with the chiefs. I'm that's all I'm doing and admitting that I could be wrong very easily here, but I'm okay with going with the chiefs. Uh, moving on to the Bills, seven and three Buffalo Bills coming off a bye week, and they are hosting. I know your favorite squad, the Superchargers, <laughs> at three and seven. The Bills are favored by five and a half points. And I know I talked about Josh Allen before throwing some shade, but off a bye, they should be able to handle the Chargers. But I also think five and a half is way too many points especially against Herbert who is becoming one of my favorite players to watch just because my guy is just sick 
five and a half points. I'm leaning towards taking a five and a half points and, and hoping that maybe, just maybe, this might be the week that the Chargers don't get a punt blocked. <laughs> well, yeah, at this point, you have to factor that in, right? Like the handicap yeah. is, um, okay, well, Chargers have to give them seven points right off the bat because they can't execute <laughs> a punt. So let's just, okay. And they're probably going to give them three to four points at the end of the game because they're going to botch the clock and their defense is going to be exhausted. And so it's like, okay, well, what are we working with here? Um, Listen, we don't want to be laying points with Anthony Lynn, right? Like we've established that it didn't, you know, it was never going to work out last week, even though in a game that they should have won by 50 points, like they should have beat Mm -hmm. the Jets by a billion points, right? But because they're poorly coached, like that's where it's going to end up. But from a talent standpoint, you talk about Herbert, you can go down the line here it's the team's too good not to take points with. Exactly. And so, you know, we do want to look at the weather, right? We always talk about the bills and the weather. It looks to be, you know, pretty decent, right? Eight mm-hmm. degrees, um, you know, Celsius, some sunshine in, uh, at least in Toronto on Sunday. So I assume it's going to be relatively close to that in Buffalo. Uh, you know, I like the points here just because like it, it, Every game that Anthony Lynn's involved one way or another is going to be a one score game. And whether they win or lose, right, we're getting a lot of the results of a one score game there. Sure, Buffalo could win by six. And listen, we'll probably wait and see if we can get six with the Chargers. But then they could win by seven, of course, maybe, you know, eight points, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, from an on-field standpoint, right? Like the Buffalo defense, still not very good, right? Mm-hmm. And so the Chargers are going to be able to move the ball. Maybe they're in a position where they're down 10 and are moving the ball late to try to get in, you know, inside the number. Uh, I just think there's a ton of different ways that the Chargers can win this game and that they can cover and, of course, cover this game as well. Like the Bills aren't, you know, this is a throw the records out because I don't know that the Bills are that much better if really at all better than the chargers are it's really just fundamentally like the coaching that's going to get you the wins at the end of the game right that's going to execute the correct plays whether it's intentionally getting you know penalized whether it's manipulating your timeouts correctly whether it's running the correct play you know to kill time all of that stuff is going to get the bills the win at the end but that's not going to really get them the cover Um, it's going to be one team playing much better in the nfl these days when you're giving out points you know to take a favorite at anything higher than three, like, frankly, you got to be kind of crazy to do it because yeah. there's so many ways that these games stay close or at least get close at the end. So I think this is chargers or nothing. Uh, you know, the bye week doesn't do anything for me when it comes to the bills. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, I just think, I think plus five and a half plus six, I think that's, that's where you want to be here with the chargers. It, it's, it's tough to do, but again, they're, this is a good team that's hung on the road against good teams. And we talk about it every week, right? For sure. Totally. You mentioned uh, if you want to take a favorite by more than three points, you were saying, yeah. you got to be very careful here. And that leads us to our next game because there's a favorite in terms of the seven and three Seahawks who are six point favorites against the bane of my existence, the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. As yet again, I was suckered in to ride in with Carson Wentz and company and then hate watching that game of Carson Wentz and Baker just trading turnovers in the rain in Cleveland. But here we are again, and there's no (laughs) – logic should tell me that I should take the Eagles, right, just because the points. Again, it's a lot of points, but I can't do it, and I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. I'm on the Seahawks, six points. Now, the the Seahawks played last Thursday. Now they're playing on a Monday. So that's a long time off to, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe rest up, heal up, figure some things out. 
maybe watch some game tape of how you can also disrupt. Like I'm just seeing Jamal Adams making plays and just dreaming of strip sacking Carson Wentz, right? Like that's all I'm envisioning yeah, right absolutely. now. Yeah. But I don't see how I'm not taking Russ, DK, and company to win by six. I'm just in on it because I cannot, cannot be on the side of Carson Wentz. Yeah, I mean, what am I going to tell you, right? Hey, let's all bet the Eagles. Like, yes, you're supposed to bet the Eagles here, right? This is the same situation as, you know, you're supposed to take the points with the Raiders against the Chiefs. And, you know, we talked about the Sunday night football, like the string of Sunday night football games of people just getting suckered in to taking the favorite. Uh and in this case, like, yeah, all the money is going to be on Seattle. It's Russell Wilson against Carson Wentz. Like, mm-hmm. that used to be sort of a put-it-on-a-poster thing that, you know, was a playoff matchup last yeah. year. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Wentz gets hurt and it goes, and it goes to hell in a handbasket, year. right? Last year and, seems like a memory, too far yeah, away. Yeah, right. Yeah, back in 2019, <laughs> 25 years ago. Um, actually, no, that would have been 20. That would have literally been in 2020. So, um, yeah, point is, though, like – yeah, you're supposed to bet the Eagles here, but like if I didn't swear off before last week, you know, luckily I ended up getting there with the teaser number that we talked about. But yeah, like I, I don't blame you, man, for just being like, you know what? It's the Seahawks, it's Russell Wilson. Like I'm not dealing with this Eagles team, but I know early money's come in on the Eagles. I know, you know, maybe that's a setup. Who knows? Um, it's, it, you know, listen, with all the Thursday night games or Thursday games period and of course all the sunday games still to go like that monday game feels like it's you know speaking of you know years from now that one feels like years from now uh you know fundamentally you see the matchup and you know what you're supposed to do but like it would take me five days to get around to even considering betting the eagles here you know we'll see how the weekend goes like yeah it's hard to pass on a monday nighter but i mean there's no good options in this one Totally hear you. Uh, there's some pretty good options when we're talking about two seven and three teams in the Colts and Titans. The Colts, three and a half point favorites in Tennessee. Now, this is the second time in two weeks that we've seen this matchup as the Colts won 34 to 17 in week 10. They're favored by three and a half on Sunday. I'm forced to lean that way, but I got to ask the obvious question is, has anything right. happened over the last two weeks that should be changing my point of view of these two teams? uh that they start zero zero you know what i mean like it's 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 uh you know it's very easy to look at a score and be like you know 41 24 or whatever it was yeah i think that's what the score was um and go okay well like 17 i think 34 okay 17 point game and so you know and, and look at that score and be like oh yeah like the colts are gonna win now they're at home all of that sort of thing right but like you do have to remind yourself like they, they do start over they do yep. start zero zero and, and so, there's some funky punts and there's some some funkiness there's some funky stuff game. but from a box score standpoint like the colts were the right side you'll remember that the titans opened as the favorite everybody loved the titans at a short number minus one minus one and a half and then at, you know fear struck everyone's heart as you watch that line go and make the Colts a minus one. And we were on top of that. We took the Colts that day. Um, We were all about it, right? And the box score showed us nothing that would indicate that that was necessarily the wrong side. But now you've got this different situation, right? Three and a half points. And so if you were watching that game and you're going, man, the Colts are the right side this whole way, but until that 
punt got blocked, it was still just a three point game. So again, very similar to like Baltimore and Pittsburgh, where you go, you don't get, it's no guarantees that the Colts are going to have that yardage advantage for a second straight time, right? Like teams make adjustments, whether it's basketball, football, or whatever sport you play a team, right? Whether it's maybe like an NBA playoff series, right? You play a team, you go back, you look, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? And the, and the team that lost will make changes. The team that won just does the same thing because it worked the first time. And so do I expect a ton of changes from the Colts? Not really. They're just going to kind of do what they do, rely on them just being good. And hopefully Pittman they can wasn't win. there. Was Pittman there two weeks ago? Pittman was there. Yeah. He was there. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there isn't anything really massive with regards to changes. Actually, there might be a few more injury issues, right? With Tennessee, both mm. teams coming off mega dramatic wins last week. So there's no that, like spot situation, right? Yeah. Derrick Henry, general, that, that run by Derrick Henry, that's like just, whew. And A.J. Brown. Like, A.J. Brown had maybe the touchdown of the weekend that didn't involve... Grown-ass man plays. Grown-ass man plays. Absolutely. Full-blown adult. And so you go, you know what, though? I think I'm taking the three and a half here. This number was four. So I think the books are sort of leaning towards your take on this. But I think the market has sort of said, whoa, whoa, easy, big fella. There isn't that much difference between the home fields here. And I don't know that Tennessee is necessarily a team that is downgraded because they're playing in a dome, right? Like Mm -hmm. this is a situation where both offenses should play really well. I think you'll get a better effort. And I don't mean effort isn't like actual effort, but like you'll get a better showing here from Mm -hmm. Tennessee. And I think that three and a half points in a game that again, could kind of go either way. I think you have to actually take the three and a half points here with Tennessee. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting stuff. I'm also interested to see, if you're interested in taking the points as the Falcons are home dogs, three point dogs to the Raiders. Raiders are six and four Falcons are three and seven. No such thing as moral victories in the NFL, but if there was such a thing, you might hand one to the Raiders for almost pulling it out against chiefs. There's no moral victories though in gambling. So for us Raiders, three point favorites in Atlanta, I want to take Atlanta so bad, but I need to know if Julio's playing, what Julio's injury status is. And I guess the bigger question, which we talked about last week or the week before, was is it time that we just start buying into the Raiders? Yeah, um, great question. I... Yes and no. It's circumstantial, right? And so, uh, you know, I should have mentioned this when it came to Houston and Detroit, but we always talk about the everybody wants this team one week and then they don't want anything to do with them the next week or vice versa. Nobody wants anything to do with this team and now they are all about this team, right? And a lot of times that's actually manifested itself in uh, a trend. We don't do a ton of trend talk on this show because I don't really believe in a ton of trends but this one is you know like i get, i bring up that as a trend but it can actually be manifested in this the following if a team is a road on a uh, road favorite mm-hmm. and then the next week is uh, a road or home underdog right you can see the change in perception and on the flip side when it comes to the raiders this is a team that was a home underdog that's now going on the road and is a favorite. Now, obviously the competition is different and that's sort of why it goes from being an eight point underdog to a three point favorite, but just the perception of, wow, they could hang with Kansas city. Let's make them a favorite here on the road in a game that was a pick 'em last week, right? It was the the projected look ahead line was a pick 'em, and they've now moved three points based on a game that they didn't even win necessarily. 
right? Yeah. And so I think you're right. I think you do have to take the Falcons here plus three. I think that's three good points of value here and, and important points uh, in, a, in a Falcons team that, you know, they move the ball against the Saints, but they couldn't get it done in the red zone. But that's not what the matchup here is, right? Yeah. Like if they're going to be able to convert those drives into touchdowns. And I think Julio Jones coming, coming back into that game last week, I think hopefully that portends to him being able to play. It'd be nice mm-hmm. if he and Ridley could play a full game together where not, Maybe. you know one of them wasn't out. Um, yeah, I like the Falcons here plus three. It's not an easy one. And I think you're sort of seeing a theme Uh, on the Sunday where I'm liking a ton of these underdogs. Like it's going to be a really messy week, I think on the Sunday, whereas on the Thursday, historically, I should have mentioned this again earlier, but like favorites crush on Thanksgiving Thursdays, like 70 to 75% in the last like 15 years. Right. And so let's assume like you, you know, you like Houston, you like Dallas and we both like Pittsburgh knock on wood that maybe all of those teams get there from a favorite standpoint. And then I think Sunday just turns into an underdog bloodbath. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Interested to to see if you like the Patriots as underdogs, they're home dogs to the cards cards come in, Two and a half point favorites at six and four Patriots, the reverse four and six. The cards lost a close one to Russ last week on Thursday night, heading to new England to face cam and the Pats who had trouble stopping Deshaun Watson. And mm-hmm. there's some similarities between obviously the scrambling ability of Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, it's receivers. Obviously that's an upgrade in talent. I mean, <laughs> They might have gotten a receiver from the Texans (laughs) that has been doing a pretty good job. (laughs) But the point is, I just don't know if the Pats can keep up on offense with, you know, I I just don't see their their defense being able to slow down the the receivers of the cards. And in that, if that's the case, and we're watching Cam have to sit back and go for 300 yards again, Mm -hmm. he did it last week, but they didn't win and it wasn't pretty. So two and a half points, it's under a field goal. I'm okay taking the cards here. What do you think? Shell, do, do you hear that? Do you, <laughs> do you hear that? It's, it's faint. I don't it's know off if I in the distance. It. It's, it's early on Wednesday, so it's hard to believe that there's, you know, some massive crimes being committed in the area. No, no, that's not the police. That's the alert. We've got a sucker bet of the week, everybody. Let's bring out the let's bring out the alert. Oh no, it's still just an apple. For those of you watching on YouTube, it's just an apple. It's not uh, it's not a siren. Uh, this is the sucker bet of the week, man. And this is exactly what we just talked about, right? It's the okay. going. Yeah, the, it's yeah, yeah. I call it the lily pad, right? Where you okay. go. Oh, Patriots have no shot against the Ravens, right? Everybody just forking money over on the Ravens. Patriots win that game. Everybody goes, huh? How about these Patriots? Oh, they've got the Texans next week. Texans are garbage. Let's make them going from a home underdog to road favorites, right? Let's flip the look-ahead line from the Texans being favored all the way over to the Patriots being favored. And then guess what happens? The Texans win the game. And everybody goes, it's over. Patriots are done. Get them out of here. And let's go back. Oh, they head back home. And now... Look at what we've got here, underdogs against the Cardinals. And listen, from a big picture standpoint, I am, I think, as low on the Cardinals as anybody, right? And the the Kyler Murray thing is very exciting. He's very scary every time he gets the ball. But when are we going to see the wins actually come? And I don't mean like wins and losses because they have a decent record. I believe seven and four, six and four. four. That's right. 
but it's like, okay, one of those is a Hail Mary. So this is really about a five and five team, right? We still have losses on the board here at home losses to Detroit. By the way, probably shouldn't have won that game against Seattle the first time around. So now we're looking not at a five and five team, a four and six team. And it's, you're not wrong, right? The handicap last week was what would you rather go against the worst run defense in the league or the worst pass defense in the league? Because everybody was talking about the Texans run defense and everybody was willing to just ignore the fact that the Patriots have a really bad pass defense. So yes, of course, Deshaun Watson played really well. The difference in this one for me is you watch the Texans and they have like, for all of the lack of DeAndre Hopkins, and, and, and it's phenomenal that you brought this up, it, it, the point for the Texans was we're going to have four or five guys that we can throw it to, right? So they're firing around to the tight end all day long, right? That's yeah. the guy that made the big difference for them. And they were popping it around to all of their four quality wide receivers. Nobody on the level of DeAndre Hopkins. Well, you go and you take the Cardinals and you, and you replace you know, them in there for the Texans. And I think the matchups actually work okay here for the Patriots, right? And like okay. Stefan Gilmore, who missed three games, just of course is going to accumulate some bad stats when your best player is out, is out, of, out of the games. Mm-hmm. Now he gets to go one-on-one against DeAndre Hopkins, right? And I'm not saying he's going to shut him down, but like those one-on-ones are going to be a lot difficult. And there yeah. has been times this season where Kyler Murray has shied away from throwing to DeAndre Hopkins in tough matchups, right? The, I think of the Miami yeah. game with Xavier Howard, right? They were able to get a bunch of pass interferences on Xavier Howard that were pretty suspect. But, <laughs> you know, now you get, you know, a road game. We talked about it last week, right? Like the, the Cardinals finally go on the road. There wasn't even that much in the way of weather in Seattle. And I don't know that there's even going to be that much in the way of weather in New England. And so from a, can they stop the offense? If you can sort of single up DeAndre Hopkins with Stefan Gilmore, now you have the rest of the offense to worry about. And the rest of that offense is, pretty washed up Larry Fitzgerald Mm -hmm. and Christian Kirk on long bombs. Well, you still have some veterans in that secondary that I like to think aren't going to have these coverage botches that some of these teams have when Murray's going to be able to, you know, move the ball. Uh, The run game, always going to be an issue, right? Kyler Murray's always going to be able to skedaddle his way out of the, out of the pocket and, and burn you for some runs. So let's go and look and say, all right, New England's going to give up points to Arizona just sort of based on that. And because the, uh, the defense isn't going to just turn around overnight. Can they score against Arizona? Well, talked about it last week, right? The big injury that nobody talked about because nobody's really that up to date on the, on the Cardinals D line was Corey Peters, their nose tackle five-year veteran played basically at, you know, every snap of every game key to their run defense. Well, Seattle goes in and they go, we're going to test to see if the replacement guys are able to stop the run. And they couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't, right? We had Bo Scarborough in the mix. We had your boy DJ Dallas, you know, Thursdays and Friday nights over at the country bar in in, (laughs) Scarborough and Pickering. And, you know, he's working the ball on the ground. And so... Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde, thank you. He's in the mix. And so the Patriots, what are they going to want to do, right? They're going to want to run the football. So what is going to have been cleaned up in that week and a half from the Cardinals defense? It's nothing, right? Like it's just, it is what it is now because they are without that key run stopping force. And so you're going to see, you know, the Patriots do what they're going to do. Big, you know, unfortunate big miss of Rex Burkhead being out. That was maybe the grossest injury of the week, you know, with apologies to Joe Burrow. 
<laughs> that thing was hideous. He didn't even make the flight back. That's, you know, awful injury, yeah. awful for him. Um, and, and it hurts the, the Patriots, but they'll be able to put Sony Michelle back in, right? So the sort of underrated thing, he's off of IR. They didn't even use him last week because they have this cadre of running backs. So let's put all those cadre of running backs back in the mix. Maybe Cam Newton might actually run the ball this game maybe. Um, And so, yeah, the Cardinals defense is really bad, but nobody talks about it because Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are on the poster here. So at plus two and a half, let's give it a second. Let's wait and see if we can get plus three, right? Because again, sure, we're making picks, but at the same time, we're also, you know, spending money and we want to get the right price. And if we see, again, it's Wednesday. If we see that everybody's piling in here on, you know, against the Patriots on the Cardinals, we can get that plus three. And I think that might be important, but hopefully it's not because I think the Patriots win this game outright. I like it. I like it. And for those who might be wondering, we don't really say beforehand, we come on and do this podcast. What's going to be the sucker bet of the week. I'm just, you don't know when the alert's going to come. I'm just a sucker all the time, just for the record. So that people might be wondering what goes on behind the scenes here. This is just how it works. Nothing goes on. behind. Yeah. Uh, Things went well for the Rams. The Rams improved to seven and three after a big win on Monday night. And now they host the 49ers who are coming off a bye week and the Niners are seven point dogs, but the Niners always play the Rams tough. The other thing is the bye week, not all bye weeks are created equally. (laughs) Meaning when you have a good organization, a good structure in terms of great coaching, that bye week can be used for good. And with the Niners having the extra week, Raheem Mostert coming back, Debo might be coming back. This might just be too many points here, and I'm on the Niners against the Rams. Yeah, and I think, I think you're on to something here, right? I think, and listen, guess what? Russell's on another underdog on Sunday. Um, <laughs> you know, one, we always talk about like the NFC West cycle of doom, right? Like there's all, yeah. there's one team that owns another team, right? Just and in this case, it's, yes, it's just matchups. In this case, it's been San Francisco low key owning the Rams in the same way that the Rams own the Seahawks. And so, mm-hmm. yes, I think you're right. Plus seven, great buy, terrible spot for the Rams, right? Coming off of that big win Monday night, back all the way across the country again, getting back fired up for a San Francisco team that yes, has owned them, but they might be looking at this team going like, we're still not so sure that they're all that great, right? And San Francisco went into that bye week with a pretty good on-field performance against the Saints. Talked about it last week, how at less than 300 yards for each team, that game was way closer than the 14 point spread that it ended up being and so I think you're right San Francisco plus seven here they're going to be able to move the ball okay but I think the defense always does what they need to do against the Rams so that this game ends up being pretty close in the end uh, I like San Francisco plus seven a lot they're getting a little bit healthier we may even see uh, some Richard Sherman back into the mix which would be helpful it's a name Uh, I haven't heard in a while Right. Yeah. And so like the idea was he's coming back after the bye again, it's Wednesday. We'll have to see how all of this stuff plays out. Yeah. Um, But yeah, if they're getting, you know, like you said, Debo Samuel, maybe Raheem Mostert, you're getting some guys back here to kind of hang in with the Rams, a team that, you know, they beat outright a couple of, you know, what a month and a half ago in a situation where nobody wanted anything to do with the 49ers then either. It's true. Very true. And I'm not sure a lot of people want anything to do with our next team here, 
because your man's Drew Locke is I, – I can't peg what's going on with that squad at all. But I will say that I do like them getting six points at home to the Saints. It's just begging me to take – the six points is just too much. It's just begging me to take the points. And you know what? I'm going to do it because this Taysom Hill thing, cool, fine and dandy, but I will never, ever, ever buy in fully to these offenses where it's a, it's a straight gimmick. It's a gimmick yeah, offense. It's janky, I'm never going to fully janky. buy into it. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to take it's the six j- points every time. <laughs> it's a janky offense situation. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. I mean – Listen, you can watch the highlights and be like, oh, Taysom Hill, like, really got it going, right? But again, watch the games, right? Yeah. First half of that game, you're going like, this is not working out. This is not working out at all. And there was yet another key play, like the, you know, Lions-Panthers game, right? They go, they hit Emmanuel Sanders on a long bomb. He gets up and starts running, and he gets stripped of the ball. Well, they go and they took, take a look at the replay and it looks like one guy had a finger touch on Sanders while he was on the ground and the Saints keep the ball. Well, of course, they go and they score and from there it just went, you know, absolutely another hell in a handbasket situation. So yeah. um, that game a little, obviously a lot closer than the final score indicated. As far as Denver's concerned, I got to call you out a little bit on this one. The difference between you going six and eight last week and seven and seven is not jumping on board with my Broncos pick. Like it's that true. is the difference. You could have had, you could have had a 500 week. It's a factual um, statement. And again, I don't know that a ton of people necessarily were watching that game, but the Broncos absolutely destroyed the Dolphins on mm-hmm. offense, on defense. Of course, Drew Locke threw the opening interception that the Dolphins always get. They always get the opening turnover. <laughs> they always get the free seven points. Two always gets the touchdown pass before he even gets to like 15 yards passing. And in that case, like it didn't matter. Like Denver was like, yeah, that's fine. We're going to run it on you. Drew Locke's going to throw it on you. You're not going to be able to do anything on us. And Tua ends up getting benched. Now, listen, Saints defense in theory, a lot better than the Dolphins. Well, I don't even know if it is a lot better. It's just, in theory, it's better. But this is kind of a tough spot, right? Where it's like Falcons game and then another Falcons game, which, you know, even though there's a discrepancy in the standings here, that's a rivalry, right? Like the Saints and the Falcons is a pretty heated rivalry. And now you throw in this, like, let's go to Denver game. And like you said, you've got Taysom Hill no longer in the comfy confines of the Superdome. And you were right. That six points is too high because that's ticked down here to five and a half already. So, and that means something when it's a team that kind of nobody wants anything to do with when it comes Mm -hmm. to the Broncos. My line in this game was three. And so I think you're getting a ton of value here on the Broncos. And I think that's what the sort of market in a big way is seeing here. I think more tickets are going to be on the Saints. I think more money is going to be on the Broncos. And I think the Broncos are live for yet another win because as we talked about last week, the offense isn't as bad as one thinks because of, you know, when you see Drew Locke, you see him throwing interceptions. The offense is better than people give it credit for. And when the offense is playing okay, that defense gets sparked a little bit, right? And they have, you know, been without two of their best corners here here and there throughout the season and that's killed them but those guys are back right Bouye and Callahan are back for the Broncos and they absolutely shut down the Dolphins and I think they can do the same thing to Taysom Hill here uh I like again I'm going back with the Broncos there's going to be a point where we have to jump off this boat right it's just not quite yet 
I like it. I like it. And as we kind of close towards the end here, I'm going to just go through a couple just quick reads where I'm just going to say, this is what I'm thinking. This is what sure. we're doing and moving on. Speed round. You do, speed round. You do not have to jump in at all. You can just tell me I'm crazy sure. or not before we get to what I believe will be the survivor or the survivor pick of the week. But in terms of the quick reads, we got the four and seven Panthers who are four point dogs in Minnesota against the four and six Vikings. I just think the Vikings are frauds and Teddy two gloves on the road as an underdog. I like that. Mr. Cousins. That's just where I'm at. That's just where I'm thinking, but I know what you're going to say or what you would say. This is exactly, this is exactly the, overreaction to the Vikings last week, swinging back the other way to being like, oh yeah, they suck or whatever, but it's okay. I do not want to be on the side of Mr. Cousins. Yeah. Uh, you took the, the words Dolphins. out of my mouth. You got it. That's exactly it. <laughs> it's right? week I just, 12. Yeah. It's week 12. I, you, fig- yeah, you figured me out, right? This is the one favorite that I think I would take here with the Vikings, right? This is a classic bounce back spot, mm-hmm. a team that didn't play all that badly last week, which is why yeah. I think Dallas is a pretty decent team. And listen, I completely get it. Teddy Bridgewater back, the underdog stats, all of that sort of thing, right? But that one o'clock Viking spot here, um, yeah. to me, it just reeks as a bounce back. Okay. Okay. Uh will the jets finally bounce back as they are seven point dogs at home to the dolphins i know Tua struggled but if you could pick any team to bounce back against who would it be you might say the jets and i know it's seven points seven points might be a lot but is this the jets last chance to possibly get a win and this might be you know the time that if you were to take the jets plus the points this would be it there's a couple of spots on the schedule where they could mix in a win, right? Like okay. there's a Vegas home game. There's a Cleveland Ooh. game in there. Okay. Uh, that being said, right? Like two is going to play. Yeah. Um, it hasn't looked great offensively really since he started, right? When he's had to do anything. Now, is yeah. this going to be a situation where he doesn't have to do anything? Is Joe Flacco going to give the opening touchdown away? Like now, you know, it's it's these two forces coming together for on. the same goal. And that oh, is yeah. to give up an early defensive touchdown, right? Like, oh, so yeah. Flacco is going to want to do it and the Dolphins are going to want to take advantage of it. So they may just start <laughs> off the game by literally just handing the Dolphins the ball, have them run down and score almost just yeah. as a formality to be like, all right, let's just be begin up seven and like that's perfect for the point spread that is sitting on seven here that being said again it's wednesday long week to go here we may have a sam darnold sighting he may be on his way back and at which case i think right what have we been waiting for when it comes to the jets offense sam darnold and his three wide receiver weapons right it's always been one guy out right mims to start the season wasn't around right crowder in and out of the lineup what if we get sam darnold and that offense and we get sort of a janky again game that is sort of first one to 20 because the Dolphins offense just isn't putting it together right like the run game's not doing it the other thing is right when we talk about bad teams getting a chance to win and in this case their first game we want to be going up against a bad run defense. Now, the, you know, like we talked about with the Houston thing, it's like, okay, it's not that big of a deal, especially if the other team's bad at pass defense. Yeah. But in this case, like, what's the easiest thing for a quarterback to do? It's to turn and hand the ball off. Bad news is you're turning and handing the ball off to Frank Gore, but at least he can get you four yards. And if the run defense stinks, that maybe turns into five yards. And if now yep. we're working with a five yards per carry type situation, now we're able to open up some other stuff for, again, hopefully Darnold. Now, if Darnold is in i see the line probably dipping off of seven and coming down a little bit 
But I'm just going to say it. I think the Jets might actually win this week. And if you were looking for a survivor pick, like this is the addendum to the, this is like survivor and sucker bet, like coming into yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you right now, do not take the Dolphins in survivor. Your chance to take the Dolphins was last time they played Hold the on. Jets. This we're trying to win survivor here. I'm joking. Right. I'm joking. If you're in shells, if you're in <laughs> shells pool, take the Dolphins. And listen, a ton of people are going to take the Dolphins on yeah, Sunday yeah, and yeah. survivor as well, man. Like they just sure. are. For sure. Totally. No, I totally understand it. And it's funny because I did take the Dolphins the last time they played against the Jets. And this time around, it's like, ugh, I don't know. I don't know about this time around either. So yes, all jo- joking aside, I would, I would encourage people to pause if you're going to take the Dolphins against the Jets in your survivor pool this week. We'll get to who I will probably take a little later on. But couple more quick reads here you got the Giants is five and a half point favorites in Cincinnati I don't like taking Danny Dimes by more than five and a half points I don't even know who's starting against who's starting for the Bengals so it seems kind of weird to just take the Bengals in the points so, so I guess like very very quick as part of the speed round here uh it was announced about an hour before we started this the show maybe even a a little bit less right that the Bengals uh half less than a half of football they have already seen enough of Ryan Finley he is not starting they are bringing up Brandon Allen from the practice squad so I do have a little bit of a trivia question for you right Brandon Allen's coming in and he's going to start he's going from practice squad right into starting which is awesome because it's hilarious and Trivia question for you. How many games in his career has Brandon Allen started? Not Kyle Allen, by the way, everybody. Not Josh Allen, but like the black sheep non-brother, Brandon Allen. How many games has Brandon Allen started in his NFL career? In his NFL career? Yeah, NFL career. I'd say zero? He started three games last year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for the Denver Broncos, right? When <laughs> Drew Locke got hurt, he came, you know, Drew Locke came back okay. for those last five games and everybody got excited because they won four of them. But there was that meaty part of the season where it was just like Flacco had a neck injury, Locke wasn't good enough, like, or, he, or was injured. And, and we, we, they were looking around going like, anybody want to start a game? And Brandon Allen started three straight games. He even came in and got a win in his first start at home against Cleveland, I took a 20 to nothing lead lead at minnesota 20 to nothing okay. they blew the game they lost the game 27 23 because minnesota yeah. scored minnesota scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter okay. and then they got smoked by the bills and we never saw brandon allen again he ends up in the deep recesses of the bengals practice squad and yeah. here he is back with a vengeance one year later starting his fourth nfl game is that an improvement on finley may like maybe it kind of has to be if they're willing to do this yeah Um, but like if you're going to spend the entire week listen the line opened or should have said with a look ahead line with burrow still healthy last Mm. week was like three three and a half Mm. right like makes sense people think the Bengals are better than the giants i still probably would have been on the giants and now the line has moved all the way over to five and a half six right so are we going to spend our entire week trying to figure out if nine points if a nine point swing is appropriate for these quarterbacks Or can we just ignore that this game even exists? And so we've already kind of talked about it too much because I think the option is ignore that this game even exists. You know what? I like it. I like it a lot. I would almost even ignore that this next game exists too, but bare minimum, it's a quick read. Jaguars at home, seven-point dogs to the Browns. 
I'm not sure that I trust Baker Mayfield to win a game by more than a touchdown. And I also have no idea how to rate the Browns after three straight weeks dealing with the Cleveland weather. So either way, I have no idea what to make of this game. But overall, I don't like taking the Browns by more than a, touch, by more than a touchdown. So I'm on the Jags. Can, do you have much there? We don't need to spend a lot of time there at, like, at all. No, I will say, like, yes, first blush, I was like, yeah, Jags here, man. Like, we may even mm-hmm. see some Gardner Minshew. Again, Wednesday, who knows what's going to happen the who rest knows? of us, right? Um, so, yeah, tons of stuff to still kind of figure out with regards to that game. Um, it's ticked off of seven, down to six, six and a half. Okay. Um, so, obviously, people are sort of in agreement that the Jaguars might be the right side here. We don't know what to do with the Browns because they haven't played in normal human being conditions the last exactly. three weeks, right? With these crazy winds, rain, all of this stuff is it going to be that situation where we talk about oh now they're in decent conditions and now the offense is clicking and baker's able to throw the ball if there was ever a team where that's going to work it's probably the jags who are going to be probably again early week probably going to be out with again four of their top five dbs right Mm -hmm. so that's going to make baker mayfield look pretty good here as well so as much as i think on both sides, Miles Garrett out for Cleveland, Denzel Ward out for Cleveland. Literally, their two best defensive players. Yeah. So a ton of points are, th- are going to get going to get scored here. You'd think. And does that mean that this game's close, or does this just mean like forty-two to twenty-eight? I don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't know. So I'm hoping that you do know if I will be making a good survivor pick here, as the Packers are, as you told me, eight and a half point favorites at home. Yeah to the Chicago Bears. Now, we're into week 12, and normally don't like taking divisional games in Survivor at all, but we're into week 12, so you got to make some exceptions somewhere. And when you look around at the schedule, I'm here on the Packers. Now, if you're telling me eight and a half points, that's a lot of points, but the Bears and, I mean, is Trubisky coming back? The Bears are coming off a bye. Uh, I haven't really heard much about the Trubisky train coming back into the station yet. So the eight and a half points, I guess I'll take the Packers, but definitely Survivor, I'm in. Yeah, and so one of the reasons that we're doing this on Wednesday, of course, obviously, we got to talk about these Thursday games, right? Like, Mm got to get in before Wednesday because there's three games on Thursday, got to do it. The other reason is if we did this on Friday, if we just let the Thursday games go and rescheduled it to Friday, there's a decent chance you'd have to pick me up with a snow shovel off the side of the road (laughs) because that might mean that Pittsburgh lost, which means that we're out of Circus Survivor, which means that the whole, strategy of us saving green bay through all of the jags games and you know this game or that game that they've had that were relatively easy games that a lot of people used green bay to the tune of about 80 percent of circus survivor you know contestants have already used green bay so part of our strategy was we're saving pittsburgh and we're saving green bay right Mm -hmm. so we just need these two teams to get through so yes if we get through to sunday green bay is our play has always been our play if you are in a survivor which most people are that doesn't have to deal with this thursday and you've been following along going like why aren't these guys taking green bay this is the reason this is is the one spread that is over seven points we will take our chances 
from a handicapping standpoint, like, yeah, I'm not betting this game because of what we'll have sort of riding on it. But eight and a half is a ton of points. But like, what do the what can the Bears do to take advantage of Green Bay? Because we always look for a team that can run the ball, right? Like that's how the Colts got back in the game last week. We weren't sure mm-hmm. that they could run the ball. Sure enough, they could because that's how bad the Packers run defense is. Are the Bears going to be able to run the ball? They haven't been able to do it all season. Who knows if David Montgomery's back in the mix? Does that even matter? Like, that's kind of a horror show. Obviously, the defense can always sort of keep them in a game here, but you do have Green Bay coming off a loss, right? So full focus always against the Bears, especially after you've lost a game here where, you know, they're going to be fine when it comes to that division, right? Especially with Minnesota losing last week. So it isn't like we're worried about looking behind us here, but there's a ton still to be decided in the top echelon of the NFC and they're going to be focused. And so I just hope it matters for us with regards to just needing them to win. I know that doesn't really help people or you when it comes to you know making a bet on the spread here. Um, Oh no, I'm not taking the bears. I'm not taking it. Yeah. Foles, Trubisky, like the market doesn't seem to really care all that much, which guy it is. Maybe it's even Tyler Bray, at which point I think you do have to care (laughs) at that point, but it can't get any worse right? Then the bears looked on Monday night. And so to be honest with you, we're probably at the, at the low point for the bears, which is actually, you know, for us means buy. So plus eight and a half actually would be the play that I think you have to make. But again, we hopefully will have so much invested already in the Packers that it won't come to that. I got you. I got you. And that wraps up another week. So much goodness. There's 16 games this week, which is great. For football fans everywhere, football starting on Thursday, full day games, then obviously Sunday, the normal action. And you know what? We'll be back on Monday as we discuss on Mr. Russell's podcast, which is the window sports betting podcast as we recap every Monday, the football action so far. Uh, Give some people some more information. I know you got a lot of stuff going on quickly here as we wrap up, but College yeah. basketball's back, and I think that might be a big deal on the Window Podcast, <laughs> if I know you well. It's funny that you bring that up, and it's depressing, so I won't get too deep into it. But I talked about it yesterday on the podcast, so I, you know it's fair that you haven't caught up. Um, but um, <laughs> I, I'm really bummed out. I'm really bummed out about where we're headed here with all of the virus stuff and game cancellations. Yeah. NFL, or NFL, the college football season hasn't been any fun with regards yeah. to handicapping or sort of waking up on Saturday and going like, who's out? How many guys? Where's the line moving? Did yeah, I get value? Yeah, yeah. Did I not get value? And the idea of doing that every day in a serious way and then sort of telling people, oh, you should bet this team or that team today doesn't really make a ton of sense. So I'm treating this sort of, you know, the non-conference season that is usually really fun, right? You get all these fun tournaments, Atlantis and Maui and all these other crazy tournaments. They're all in the middle of the day on Wednesday. Like, it's great, right? And we're getting basketball. I'm going to be watching basketball. Don't you worry about that. But I'm treating this month, essentially, leading into conference play as a preseason. So nothing crazy when it comes to that. But it also means that you didn't miss out on a college basketball preview. We might just be doing sort of a mid-season preview once we get a better, you know, better footing here on what's going to be involved, right? I like Um, it. As for this week, really exciting. Exciting. You know, talked about it a little bit. The Wednesday show, today's show should be out around three o'clock if you've already listened to this or if you, you know, if it's after three o'clock, it should be open. Um, Dave Tooley. So I, you know, readily admit 
completely don't know what to make of these Thursday games. He's going to come on and we're going to ask his opinion about these Thursday games. He's making the final decision on our Circus Survivor pick. So that's going to yep. be worth it just to see if he, you know, indeed takes the Steelers. If he doesn't, maybe it turns into an argument. I have the utmost respect for him. So that should be really sort of fun to watch me kind of tippy toe around that potentially. But he's going to break down these Thursday games. Hopefully he's got a little bit more of a clearer mind on these games than I do because, you know, again, he's a, he, he He's been doing this a lot longer than I have, um, as hard as that maybe is is to believe. So uh, it's called the Window Sports Betting Podcast. Just type that into all of your searches anywhere you get uh, podcasts. For those of you on YouTube, I'm firing off. You know, this is what it looks like. Boom. Um, yeah, and check us out. You know, no podcast on Thursday because it's all about the football on Thursday. But we're back mm-hmm. on Friday with our big handicapping breakdown right that's where we get sort of all of the answers or as many of the answers as we can with regards to these injuries and all of that stuff and we go game by game and break it all down last week's was my you know my rembrandt if you will um and so so we're riding pretty high after last week and uh, fun times here as we battle for circus survivor and circa million uh in the big las vegas contests Sounds good, my dude. And again, make sure you like and subscribe to the Window Sports Betting Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Same place that you get this, the On Blast Podcast. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and YouTube. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander. You can find Mr. Russell on Twitter at M. Russ Authentic. And of course, As I always close each and every week, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is, I'll name this football pod later, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. On Blast.